This episode of the Sacred Playgrounds podcast is thick with analogy. We're talking about the handoff, the handoff between the summer season and this fall season in particular, how we hand off from the ministry that happened this summer to the ministry that's happening in homes, in congregations, on campuses as we move into this fall season. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast, where we dive deep into theology, research, and practical wisdom for camps, retreat centers, and other key ministry spaces. I'm your host, Jared Rendell, camp enthusiast and part of the Sacred Playgrounds team. This podcast features Dr. Jake Sorensen, a scholar and practitioner who's helping leaders think more deeply about outdoor ministry and the impact it's making. Wonder with us what God might have in store at your Sacred Playground. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, here we are at the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. We're on season two, episode two. How are you, Jake? I am doing quite well, Jared. I am enjoying the beginning of the fall weather here. Um, it's always my favorite season of the year. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, my wife, fall... Well, I mean, it's a it's a battle between like fall, like pumpkin spice season and Christmas season are on equal standing up in this house like i think i mentioned before her like she's written a couple books and that those are those are what they're around it's it's pumpkin spice season and christmas season it's so funny how how people get you know so uptight during these different seasons right like they're either for pumpkin spice or they're like dead set against it and they're you know they're either they either love christmas or they're like it's too early stop seeing christmas songs already (laughs) you know people get people get upset about funny things they do the uh yeah the holiday loyalties are strong around here that's for sure so i mean right you said it's the beginning of this it's the beginning of the fall this is this is the time when when the summer is kind of handing off to the fall it's like a like a like a baton pass you guys you guys are track folks right like you're oh, yeah. doing some track coaching you've done some track coaching before and yeah i coach every year i i, I um i was a relay guy when i was in uh when i was in track myself and so, yeah, that's a that's a good metaphor. The handoff, I like You're a that. Pro at the handoff, it's a you know it's a transition of seasons, but you know the season the seasonal transition is really slow. But we want there to be more a more seamless handoff in terms of the transition from summer camp to the fall seasons. Uh, we don't want there to be a gap in there um, because you know, like in track, I, I love, I'm I'm going with this analogy. All right, in track, there's that exchange zone. And you've got to get the baton passed within that exchange zone. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then, I mean, you're disqualified for the race um, in the case of track. But, you know, like we, we don't need to talk about disqualification, but we need to talk about serious consequences if you don't get the handoff done in a specific period of time. Um, and so I, I think that's a, that's a good metaphor to, to lead us forward into our discussion today. Who you pass that baton to, if it gets dropped or not. All of that really makes a difference for the outcome of the race, right? So every camp person wants this. Every camp person, as much as we love camp, we don't want camp to just be a summer camp high. We love it. We enjoy it. But everyone would agree that the point is that we incorporate this in our lives, that we incorporate these experiences, that we incorporate our connection with Jesus and with each other into the rest of our lives. 
right? That's the point. We don't want, we want people to go home and we want people to have, we, we want a difference in, in their faith lives. Yeah. We're building disciples. That's what we're doing. That's what we're in the business of. Um, and, you know, a lot of these camps, you know, you look at their taglines and they're talking about life change and things like that. Well, if, if we want to um, have life changing impacts on our young people, uh, we can't just expect that to happen in a single week. Uh, the experience has to extend a lot farther than a single week at camp or in the case of summer staff, you know, a single summer. Um, there, there has to be continuation and there needs to be a handoff to those partners in ministry. Um, and, and that's really what I want to mm -hmm. talk about today, because if we want to accomplish our mission, if we want to accomplish our goals, um, then we need partners in this. And we can't think that um, our ministry is is somehow a standalone ministry. Um, and so, you know, in the in the effective camp project, we often talk about the different levels of outcomes. Um, and so we talk about immediate outcomes that happen at camp. Right. I mean, the kids are having fun. The kids are safe. They're in, they're in a safe space. Um, those are those are immediate outcomes and you can celebrate those things and we celebrate those during the week of camp. Um, but then when we send the kids home, we want there to be impacts that continue. And so we, we sort of we, we, we start by calling those subsequent outcomes, right? The kid comes home from camp, they're more excited, the, the, the parent sees them, them happier, more joyful. That's a wonderful subsequent outcome. But those sorts of feelings of joy aren't going to last, right? Because emotions go up and down over <laughs> the course of um, weeks and months and, and, and our lifetime. And, and so when we get past the subsequent impact level, then we start looking at lasting impacts. And if we want to have lasting impacts on our young people, uh, we need to focus on certain things in the camp environment, but we also need to work on follow-up. And this is a perfect time of year to talk about it, right? Here we are shortly after camp got done. I mean, our, our campers are, are now transitioning into um, their lives at school. A lot of our summer staff are either um, at school or in the, they're, in, they're in the job market right now. Um, and, and so how can we make sure that these outcomes are lasting outcomes? Yeah, and that's part of why the effective camp study for, for those campers, that's part of how we framed it, right? These, these touch points of before summer, end of summer. But then again, weeks and months later, um, to try to to try to capture some of that, and same thing with with some of the camp and church leadership project stuff with the summer staff. We're trying to you know we're trying to look at down the road are there are there places that they're connecting, and then even the other direction with the clergy part of that that survey to say was this you know was this part of your pathway? How important was that? And so clearly there's a pathway, and clearly there were handoffs that did happen, and when those do happen, it seems like the data is telling us that's a good thing. That's when there's impact. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that are revealed in the in the in those projects and, you know, right on about the the effective camp project. I mean, that's how we structured the methodology right. of the project itself to say not only, hey, did you have fun at camp or did you learn more about God? But what are your perceptions about the camp experience months later? Um, and can we are any of those things that we that we measure during camp still present months after camp? And that's where we do that follow up survey. Um, and you know, we've talked about this before on this podcast that we've that we've measured multiple impacts uh, that that continue months after camp, and so uh, some of the mo some of the clearest ones. I mean, so we've got things like self confidence and social skills and things like that that have been measured at all sorts of different camps. But when we're talking about you know faith formation, we're, we're talking about things like uh, religious practices and devotional practices. Uh, kids praying more, praying more with their family, um, reading their Bible more. 
and wanting to attend church more. And so those are some of the things that last in the months following camp, along with this understanding that faith matters in life. You know, my daily life, um, I can consider faith as part of that, and it becomes an integral piece of, of my daily life. Uh, so uh, we call that faith relevance, you know, a lot of times in our study. And this leads the young people over the course of months and even years that we've measured to seek out Christian community and, and to want to be a Christian, not just isolated and on, on my own, like a me and Jesus sort of relationship, but with other Christians. And that is a necessity of Christianity, right? We talk about the body of Christ. Uh, we talk about where two or three are gathered. Um, we need other Christians to sustain our life of faith. It's interesting that one of the five fundamentals with effective camp, right, is that it is this set apart space. It's not like the rest of their lives. Right? It's, it's something that is set apart and special. But that implies, it's sort of obvious, but there is a rest of life. It implies that there is a, an, another space, a usual space, a home space that Jesus isn't absent from. Yeah. When we conceptualize the camp model itself, we are taking people out of what they're used to, right? We're removing them from their normal cycle of dwelling, we call it, um, and embedding them into a new environment um, that has all the characteristics that we talk about, you know, safe, unplugged from home, relational, mm -hmm. participatory, uh, faith-centered. Um, and then after that experience, we transition them back into their home environment. So we bring them out for this experience and then we put them back in. Um, and it's, it's at that point where they are reintroduced or reintegrated into their home environment or their school environment or um, whatever their normal cycle is. Um, that's where the impact happens. And so uh, we in the camping community um, need to be very aware of that and really start to think about how we can, using your metaphor again, uh, pass that baton uh, <laughs> to our fellow ministers. And those of us who are participating in congregational ministry, um, because both of us are very involved in congregational ministry as well, how then can we be the, the receivers <laughs> of those young people as they're coming back from camp um, or the, the young people as they are transitioning into our college campus ministries? Um, and, and so being proactive on both ends is really important. So we're going to spend this next little bit using our handoff analogy. We're going to stick with it because like there, there are parts of that handoff. Both participants in that, in that handoff are really important. What's actually, you know, what's sort of on that baton? What gets, gets held on? Why is this so important to get, to get right? Um, so we're going to spend the next little bit. That's kind of the heart of this episode is we're going to unpack this, this handoff. Talk a little bit about the, the why, which we've sort of started, the who the where those places are and try to get really practical to, to make sure we're doing that. Because there are things both camp leaders and these partnered leaders, whether it's congregational ministry or campus ministry or uh, other educational ministry, whatever it might be, so that we are, are taking a step right now to, to do that, to make, those, to make those connections, to both be a, a giver and a receiver of that, that baton. So as we, as we hand off from kind of camp life to, uh, to the rest of life, there's some how we do that. We'll try to get really practical here. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. I um. By the way, I in in my head right now because I because th I think of things more and more visually. I have um like chariots of fire running through my head with a handoff like in slow mo right now. Like dun 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 dun. That's what's going on in my head. That's the rest no. of this episode. We might 
Maybe we'll just backdrop the music underneath. I there. was gonna say if 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 we can get the rights to that music, I mean, that, that that needs to be playing right now. It's playing <laughs> in everybody's heads at least, you know. But if yeah. we could actually play it in their ears, that'd be great. So we've we've got a couple audiences, right? We've got. Yep. I mean, the, this this is happening on a couple of fronts. We've got campers that are um in the midst of this of this transition, and then um and then we know summer staff are doing this too, right? Pretty much everybody's back in school now, so they're really in the midst of this. Some you know, church things or education things or campus things have started or are starting soon. And so they're right in the midst of this right now. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, let's let's start with 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 our summer staff members, you know, because these these folks have been on my mind a lot. Um, you know, we've we, we did another survey of summer staff this summer. Um, just, uh, you know, was in the midst of, of writing an academic paper on the, the camp and church leadership project, you know, and noticing some of the uh, the challenges that these young people are facing, you know, with again, with some of the mental health challenges um, and 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 the not being sure about their vocation and their calling. And it's a it's a crazy, unsettled time of life um, where they're really trying to figure things out. Um, and camp is one of the primary places of ministry with these young people. And so how can we, as those who work in the camp community, support our summer staff, not just when they're on site, but now that they're away from the site. And so the ongoing connection becomes really important. And I, I think of this in two ways, really. I think of this one in terms of ministry to the young people. Like this is a priority. We need to make sure that we are participating in ministry with these young people who really mm -hmm. are facing some difficult challenges. So we want to be there to support them and to encourage them. And again, to hand off the ministry to others as well. And then two is maintaining this connection because we want them back, you know, like staff recruiting starts right now, folks. Um, and so if you haven't started staff recruiting, Amen. it's time to really get that in your head. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is taking care of your people right now. So even those people who are probably not going to come back next summer, they are your champions. They're people that can connect uh, their peers to camping ministry. Um, and so one, do it because it's the right thing and it's ministry and it's, it's part of what we do. It's part of your mission. Um, and two, uh, to feed back into your mission and ministry for next summer. So those are two very important reasons to do this. Mm -hmm. And so how do you do it? Some of us have a ton of summer staff. You know, we've got 50, 60, 100 summer staff. Some of us have a dozen. So it's a, it's a different scale um, when we think about that. But making sure that there's personal connection to each and every one of them. You know, sending mass emails is, is great. And I think it's important, you know, to include them in, you know, the mm -hmm. news about what's happening at camp. You know, that's important. Um, but these are young people that thrive on personal relationships. They need to know that they matter. And they're not going to know that they matter with sort of an impersonal mass email or a, hey, could you please come back and, and volunteer for this? You know, of course, some people will come back and volunteer because that's they want to do that. They want to be at camp all the time. Um, but what about those people that aren't as connected? Those might be the young people who are most in need. And so making sure that you have some sort of system where you're reaching out to them on an individual level. Maybe that's you as program director, assistant program director, associate director, executive director, whatever that is. Maybe it's a team of people um, where, where you're, you know, if you've got a lot of summer staff uh, to contact, that, that you really are just reaching out and checking in with them. Not, hey, are you coming back next summer? But, hey, how are you doing? I care about you. Um, and, and I, and I want to be here for you. So, so making sure that they know that you are there to support them as a minister, um, is, is really important and checking in with them. And it takes time, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
that's part of that's part of the pastoral ministry. Um, and in a lot of ways, when you're serving um, as a supervisor of these young people, you're also serving in a pastoral role. And, and so keeping them connected to, the, to that ministry uh, personally is really important, but also keeping them connected to each other. So how can you facilitate connection between the staff members and making sure that people feel connected in that way? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of camps are, are doing this, right? They, they have some sort of an online platform, some sort of an app that they say, this is a great space where you can share things with one another. Um, but making sure that everybody's invited into that and, and that you, you are being a facilitator of that space, not necessarily running that space, mm-hmm. um, because you want to let the summer staff interact with each other as well, but making sure that that's facilitated. So if you don't have that in place, making sure something like that is in place is, is, is absolutely essential. So those two things are, 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 are where you start with sort of the immediate ministry with the campers, with the, with, I'm sorry, with the summer staff, keeping them connected to one another and keeping that personal connection with the full-time staff at your camp and each of the summer staff members. Yeah, those are a couple of key ways for you to kind of, <laughs> for you to be handing off that, that baton really well. It's important to do it now, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Because as soon as it gets to December, January, February, they know that you have an ulterior motive <laughs> because right. you want them to come back. I mean, hopefully they, all, they, they, they always know that, right? That's always there. But when you're checking in, just to check in, you know, yeah. that really is meaningful. So, so please do that. But then also in terms of the handing off of the baton, you know, to whom do we hand off the baton? How right. do we the do who this? Who is the first thing to identify, right? Yeah. That's part of it is we need to name some of the yep. who that could be. And we know some of that because we've got some data around things like campus ministry, for example, right? Campus ministry is the obvious one. Okay. So, you know, we started with those, those two ideas in that, you know, like you don't have to hand it off entirely because you are still a minister, but you also want to hand it off to the fellow summer staff members to make sure that they're taking care of one another. Right. But then uh, in a very practical sense, handing it off to another professional minister is incredibly important. Campus ministries are incredibly powerful ministries that, you know, uh, I did a study with Raleigh Martinson several years ago about camping ministry in the Lutheran tradition. And, you know, we found some amazing impacts on these young people, people that that talked about campus ministry, literally saving their lives, hmm. literally, you know, and, and then um, some other impacts on their on their life of faith and their connection with the church and so forth. And so uh, just an incredibly important ministry um, that so many of our churches do. Um, it's not just the Lutherans that do campus ministry, of course. Um, the Roman Catholics have very strong campus ministries, but so do the Methodists and Presbyterians. And there's a lot of evangelical campus ministry groups out there that do a great mm-hmm. job ministering with the young people as well. And so how can you connect them with campus ministries? Well, first of all, you know where they're going to school. You know that, right? You have that list. Um, and so if they are in college or university, making sure that you personally, again, this is a personal thing, that you reach out to those campus ministers in those schools. If you don't know where to find a list of campus ministry people, every major denomination has a list. Okay, the Lutherans have a list of all of the Lutheran campus ministry people. The Methodists have a list of all their campus ministry people. And so does something like Campus Crusade for Christ and and different things like that. So um, Lutherans have... Uh, a presence on mm-hmm. most uh, college campuses, uh, not all, but our ecumenical partners would as well. Um, and and again, the evangelical groups are going to have those mm-hmm. ministries present on campus. And so 
So making sure that there's a personal connection. Hey, I've got three staff that are going to your school and these are their names and these are their email addresses. And I want you to reach out to them and let them know that you're here and let them know um, that you want them involved um, because they would be great leaders. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing that we really need to communicate to campus ministry folks is that these folks are incredible leaders. They have gone through this crucible of a summer where they have been thrust <laughs> into leadership roles. You know, we call it experiential leadership rather than experiential learning because they're learning to lead by actually leading. They're learning the content of something like a Bible study by leading it and teaching it to somebody else. We call that experiential leadership in the summer staff environment. And so, so um, connecting them can also be a boon for the campus ministry and for those ministers. And so uh, make those personal connections. It takes time, mm-hmm. but it's so important and so worth it uh, to, to, to make that, that handoff. And, and here, here's the urgency behind it. We did this study with summer staff, right? The Campus Church Leadership Project. Now right. it was limited to uh, the Lutheran Church. Um, and so it's, it's limited in that way. Um, but I would guess that these numbers are similar across other denominations. Um, here's what right. we found. Last summer in 2021, of those young people that served on summer camp staff and were also enrolled in college, less than half were participating in college campus ministry at all. So it was 56% that said they never participated <laughs> in, in college campus ministry. That's whether they were at a state school or whether they were at a religiously affiliated school. And there were only about a third, it was 30%. That participated frequently, you know, kind of the other that other 14 percent in there was like, yeah, occasionally I did it or it was inconsistent. They went sometimes, um, mm-hmm. but otherwise we're, we're largely uninvolved. And so these are numbers that should be 75, 80, 90 percent of these young people who are working at camp. Um, sh- should be involved in campus ministry in some yeah. way, shape or form, um, whether even as just a participant. To your point about the leadership piece a second ago, I mean, those are even less, less than 10% were involved in, in helping lead those things in some way. Yeah, you, you, you would expect there to be these campus ministries that were just loaded with camp staff. And what? those exist. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we did this again, we did this study of Lutheran campus ministry several years ago, and there are a lot of camp staff involved, but it's not the majority. It's not even close. And so, um, you know, you you really would expect there to be a lot more um, former camp staff serving in campus yeah. ministries, and yeah. and this is an easy fix. It really is. It's it, it's about partnership and handoff. Yeah, and it, you just have to complete the loop. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, not everybody's in college, right? And so you've got you've got your young adults that are not serving uh, or are aren't at, aren't in college right now. Um, maybe they're in the workforce um, or they're they're living with their parents or whatever it is, um, connecting them to congregational ministry is important. Okay. So when you reach out to them personally, um, you can, you can, you know where they're living again. And instead of reaching out to a campus minister, you can reach out to a congregational minister and a pastor Mm -hmm. and help plug them into a congregation. And so it's not just about campus ministry. It's about making sure that every single one of them has that handoff. Yeah. And because you know, these people personally, so, really making sure that 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 this happens is incredibly important for your ministry 
Well, and these congregational partnerships in particular are often potentially the strongest, right? Because it's multi-level, right? These are these are the same congregations that you might have campers coming from. Some might be across the country, sure. But there there might be campers coming from there. You might have donors or board members or whoever it is. These are multi-level. These these can potentially be, especially if staff coming sort of from those congregations and then back to those congregations, that's a strong partnership with with congregations. And we'd all agree that's a really good thing. And congregations love to have young people involved and involved mm-hmm. in leadership. And so do pastors. And so, you know, reaching out to these folks and saying, hey, I heard you worked at camp. And how can we use you? How can we plug you in? And not just like, hey, will you teach Sunday school? But what are you excited about? You know, and how can we plug you in? And so from 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 like the other side, if you're a pastor or youth minister listening to this, you know, recognizing that there are those folks in your community, and they can be plugged into the active ministries of your congregation. Find out what their strengths are and what they're interested in and plug them right in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I suppose that can, that can bring us to um, some of the campers too. That can bring us to some of the campers. Cause that's obviously a really, a really key connection point. We've been talking about, you know, summer staff so far, but some of those same spaces might be, and even to what you just exactly said to plug in these folks that, they spent whether it's a week and their parents came in, you know, were, were there or whatever it is. They, those are those are families that you want involved, heavily involved in in what's going on at your Absolutely. church. Absolutely, absolutely. So if we transition to talking about campers, you know, there's there are many strategies that you can use to you know connect with your campers. I, you know, m- my sense is that a lot of camps are probably better at at staying connected with their summer staff. Handing off the campers becomes a lot more complicated because you might have a thousand, two thousand plus campers um, that you're trying to connect. So how do you do that in a very personal way? It's difficult to do in a very personal way, right? You can do that in the camp environment, but right now they're not in the camp environment anymore. So whatever you taught them about, (laughs) you know, handing off the ministry to a congregational ministry or the ministry of the home has already set in, you know, so you, you do that during the summer. Um, and and so I, I really encourage people during the summer to think about that handoff. You know, we've talked about this in the past, you know, making sure that you're teaching uh, faith practices that, that can mm-hmm. that can be carried home, like family devotional practices, uh, making sure that you're, you're talking about the importance of congregational ministry and also using resources from the congregational ministry in your camp ministries. OK, so that's during the summer. But now here we are after the summer. OK, well, I didn't do that. Now, what do I do? So many things you can do right now. Mm-hmm. One, you've got all the contact information for all of your families. Keep in touch with them. And this really can be a mass email. You know, it can be, you know, but provide them with specific resources. Provide them with devotional resources. You know, provide them with, with quick videos about camp um, from, from your camp people, maybe from the summer staff people to help them feel connected. You know, I think of some of the strategies that people adopted during the COVID-19 pandemic, and I saw incredibly creative things about how are we going to connect with our families? Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do this. And people showed up to things like prayer sessions or virtual campfires where they would actually, you know, the camp staff would be around a campfire and they would be filming it and they would have people present online and they could see the camp staff, they could sing the camp songs and things like that. It's another way to connect. So there are different ways to connect virtually to a lot of your families. You know, connect them. One, resource them so that they can have the devotions and do them in their home. And two, do those virtual connections with the actual camp community. 
Um, and so th those are basic ways to make sure that there are some points of connection uh, with your summer campers in the weeks following camp. Yeah. But, you know, to your, to your point, you know, about the handoff with congregations, there are, there are strategies there as well. Yeah. One, you know, you know what campers came from what congregations. If you've got a congregation that 20 campers came from, does the pastor know? Pastors don't always know who went to camp. But you know, as a camp director, tell them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you build your visit list right there. <laughs> you know, your, your, your visit list, your, you know, your contact list right there from, from those campers. Here are the people from your congregation who came to camp this summer. You know, that is a very simple thing for a camp director or registrar or, you know, whomever um, has that list uh, to do that and, and to, let, to let people know. Uh, pastors really appreciate that because if they do something like a camp Sunday, then they know who went to camp and they can recognize those people. Um, and that, be, that makes the experience uh, of camp a part of the congregational experience as well. And so those campers then can share something in the congregation um, and uh, the pastor can know something like, oh, wow, 20 kids from my congregation went to camp. Um, maybe we should really start incorporating some of these things into the congregational ministry. Mm -hmm. And you as a camp minister can equip them. So we talk about the handoff. You know, I, I suggested that you incorporate things from a congregational worship service into your camp worship service. Now hand it off the other way. And this is up to you, camp director. You have to resource them because not everybody knows your songs. Not everybody knows your traditions or your prayers. But you know what? It's really easy with, you know, the media that we have now to let them know those things. Right. They don't know a camp song. No problem. Sit down with your guitar and record yourself playing and singing a camp song and send it to them and say, here are the lyrics. Here are the chords, and here here's an example of how of how it's sung. Pretty simple. It is. So to um to kind of put a bow on that, Jake, it seems like when it you know when it comes to both for sake of of campers and staff, there's sort of two pathways here. One of them is this um is this network based approach of of a connection with this pastor, a connection with this you know, and maybe it's using camp staff to you know to sort of get in there or or just going through your list and. And making that connection. So there's this network-based approach, this relationship-based approach, and there's this kind of more blanket um, offering things with a, you know, through a mass email, through the resources, through things like that. And it seems like both of these directions have have value, both and because they meet in the middle at camp. You 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 should do both of them absolutely. Do both because when we think about campers, you're handing them off to two spaces primarily when we talk about faith formation. And those two spaces are the home mm -hmm. and the congregation. The home is the most important. So impacting faith practices in the home is absolutely essential. And that's, and that's what you can start to do with, with some of the resources that you send. But also trying to connect them to congregational ministry is incredibly important. And you do that through personal contacts with pastors and youth ministers. You know, a lot of our camps, the youth ministers will, will come with the church group. You know, whether that be on a trip right. or a, a camp experience or something like that. And, and so, you know, keeping in contact with them and resourcing those folks um, can be incredibly important, too, because those ministers need support. And you are a fellow minister of the gospel, you know, so keep in contact with them. Keep those networks alive um, because that will strengthen both of your ministries.
and it will strengthen the mission of forming disciples for Jesus. As we work toward closer, Jake, it sometimes as we talk on these episodes, I think of crazy ideas that I've never seen before. Um, <laughs> and I thought of one now. And so I'm just going to say it out loud because I what, brainstorm. What if, right? What if I have these, these, you know, these what if ideas about camp all the time, but what if, well, let me say it like this. So we got, um, we got something that, that we had actually never gotten before is our, so our kids are starting, we're, are starting kind of Sunday school at a new church. And I don't know why our, our church, I worked at a church for a long time and we just had never done this. We got a personal email from the Sunday school teacher from their new teachers that said, hi, you know, hi, we're, you know, we're so-and-so here's stuff. Here's some of the, you know, the info and in, in the calendar, but mostly we just want to tell you that we're excited to get to know your kids. Great. And, and some, some have done that. Some doesn't, it was, it was great. And uh, that popped into my head right now because when you were talking about, and this is kind of a where these two communities that both need to to continue bringing faith into their daily lives maybe come together. What if cabin groups didn't stop after summer was done? What if what if we equipped these summer staff to connect by sending parent you know emails to the parents or or you know a text message or whatever to the parents to. Um, to keep that connection alive, what if they were sending these messages? Like, of course, we're going to send some blanket messages, but what if, what if their cabin counselor in in November said, "Hey, I was thinking about camp, and it was so much fun. What have you been thinking about camp? What you know, what kind of things have been really good for you over these last couple of months since camp? If that if that connection, if we stop thinking about, you know, like we do the end of summer, if that that week wasn't over, yeah. and we can do that safely." Right? We can we can yeah, create we can that spaces mm-hmm. that are secure for for these interactions to happen, and so that they can be supervised, and so that we know, okay, it's you know it's a nineteen twenty year old communicating with these young people, but it's in a it's in a safe space. You know, we've got all these apps that that can be used for these things, and we can say, okay, it's happening at this time, and there's going to be a reunion for week three campers. You know, that we're in whatever your program's called, adventurers, pathfinders, whatever whatever you call your programs at your camp, right? And, and that group can get together and interact. Um, yeah. What a cool thing. Um, and I tell you Gavin what, moves on. you know, like you, you think of something like the Christmas letter that a lot of, a lot of camps do this where at the end of the week, the cabin counselor will write a Christmas letter to their, their campers. And mm-hmm. those will be mailed out, you know, at Christmas time and yeah. they'll get a, a personal note from their cabin counselor. Um, you know, that's just using technology, Right. So now we've got this virtual technology to use. This is a this is one way to do it. You know what? We talk like this and we get ideas flowing. I'm wondering what I what other people are doing because they're already doing some really cool things and I would love to hear from them. And I would love for them to share it with one another. And so we've got some virtual spaces where they can share ideas with how they continue to connect with their summer staff, how they continue to connect with their campers. Start sharing some of these ideas, you guys, um, and learn from each other. Because the ideas that we just suggested, those are suggestions. And, you know, basically, we've, we've been sharing admonitions, like, you should do this. Make sure you do this in some way. Um, you are the creative people who are, who are the practitioners working these problems. And so um, I'm excited to hear about what you figure out. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. So two things, two things to do. One, if for some reason you haven't actually hit subscribe yet, um, whether you came in through the website or you came in through wherever other space you are, are listening, we're just, we're, you know, we're a couple episodes in here and 
So hit that subscribe button, um, number one. Two, you check the show notes, because in the show notes, we're going to link to a couple of those spaces that Jake was just talking about. And that's a spot that you can go. I mean, you can always send us an email or, or something like that, but to put it out in, you know, in space where others can interact with it too, we'll link to a couple spots where you could, you know, you could put that idea out there. Say, Hey, I was listening to this episode and, and here's one thing that we do that's worked, that's worked really well. We'd love to hear stuff like that. And like you said, others would as well. Thanks, Jake. Um, I know you guys have got like, you got track stuff this weekend, right? So you're, you, Oh, it's cross country season now, hand. you know, not to be confused with track season. It's cross country. Yes. Yes. I yes. wouldn't want to, there aren't batons yet. You're right. Uh, so, um, so happy running to, you know, to you and your family and, uh, and to all of your race running, uh, listeners that we, that we are doing right now. Uh, good luck on your handoffs. Let us know how we can help and we'll see you next time on the sacred playgrounds podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. This episode was produced by me, Jared Rendell, and featured Dr. Jake Sorensen, lead researcher and founder at Sacred Playgrounds, LLC. Our theme music was written and performed by Taylor Wilson. You can find his original songs wherever you get your music. Learn more and connect with the Sacred Playgrounds team at sacredplaygrounds.com.